Hi, and welcome. Today we're talking with Quinn Blanchard. He's going to talk to us about the Fallout universe. He's very passionate about video games. He's currently finishing his degree at the university, and he's going to be a teacher. Can't you imagine him in a classroom? So fun. The goal of this podcast is to interview scholars, enthusiasts, professors, amateurs, librarians, students, academics, and many more. As you may have noticed, not all the episodes are Canadian history, but I am. So yeah, I'm Rosie. I'm a Francophone from Canada. And now it's time for some history, Hey. Today we have Quinn. So Quinn is a small fan of Fallout. Basically, it's it's the Fallout universe, the Fallout game franchise. There's Fallout One, Fallout Two, Fallout Tactics, Fallout Brotherhood, Fallout Three, Fallout Four, Fallout Seventy Six. <laughs> <laughs> that encompasses the entire uh, universe, and we talk about everything that goes towards the history and how it all came to be. Okay, so well, let's jump right in, I guess. So you wanted to start with the time split. Yes, when the first iteration of Fallout came out, it was just in a vault. They didn't really talk about the history much. That was all stuff you had to find out during the game. Picture 1950s era, kind of after World War II. You know, everybody's prospering, everybody's doing well, and culture freezes at that moment. So everybody's still dressing in the, in the skirts, the blouses, and they all have the same types of cars. But the entire world becomes reliant on nuclear technology because the transistor was never invented. Mm-hmm. So nothing was able to become smaller. So our phones, n- none of that existed. Everything became nuclear. So toasters, nuclear. Mm-hmm. Fridges, nuclear. Cars, nuclear. Uh, everything became nuclear-based. There became machines. So one of my favorites is called Mr. Handy. It's basically a maid for your house. Like a little robot? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> it's a little robot. It's got eight arms. Um, they've programmed in personalities. So the one that's, for example, Fallout 4, basically becomes your butler. You can name him if you want in certain games. He can also recognize your name if you put in a proper one. Quinn is indeed one of them. I was oh, quite happy about that. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a proper name. Yeah. So back to the history. So it all started mm-hmm. in 1950. So you're they, in a shelter. That's what you were saying. Everybody's in the shelter. Yeah. You know, World War, finally, the World War Two is done. Yeah, so World yeah. II finished, and the Cold War basically took hold of America. They were very focused on it. The world was extremely dependent on petroleum and oil products to try and keep their civilizations going. So instead of having peace-ish, as we've had, there was no Vietnam War, but there was conflict between the U.S. and China. So the U.S. and China were fighting in Alaska. That was where they fought most of the time. They started developing these huge suits of armor. It's called power armor. So those were developed around 2067. So the entirety from 1950 to 2050 is them progressing with nuclear power. But there was a resource war which started all these wars. So with China, mostly. And then Europe went to war with the Middle East during Mm -hmm. that time. And the U.S. was warring with China. So part of their guerrilla ops uh, to try and get China to retreat was Mm -hmm. they deployed a whole bunch of soldiers with this huge hulking power armor. Picture like uh, the Iron Giant in the Iron Giant movies. Mm -hmm. Just just a hulking metal suit of can't touch them. And they'd have these giant guns. One was a Gatling laser gun. Mm-hmm. which is basically you're shooting concentrated laser just heat, and it's quite terrifying. Thank so, goodness it's in the game. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, they were deployed in China to try and get the Chinese to back away from Alaska, mm-hmm. and it worked because they were just wreaking havoc. So China was able to develop their own kind of scientific breakthroughs. One would be a, uh, it was Chinese combat armor. Mm-hmm. It gave them invisibility, it gave them enhanced mobility, a bunch of cool stuff. Usual video game. Some magical elements yeah. in there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the U.S. was able to win the war between China, but the one in the in Europe escalated. So the first atom bomb was dropped after Hiroshima and Nagasaki in the Middle East. And this was in 2077. This is when the Great War occurred. So that would be like the third... Great War number three, four, <laughs> three, five. Three, four, we'll, five, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So the next big war in the video game timeline. Yeah, mm-hmm. occurred then. And they didn't even know how many bombs were dropped. So they were dropped all around the world. And this is where the government intervened with Vault-Tec. So Vault-Tec was basically a company funded by the government that would protect the vault dwellers. Mm-hmm. So 
everybody would be selected personally by certain people. Uh, there's like vault tech representatives that would go house to house, mm-hmm. fill this out. Military personnel was uh, prioritized in most cases. So they would go house to house, find people, they'd be enlisted. When the time would come, they would go into the vault. And going into the vault meant what? Um, so basically they would make an underground bunker where they keep all the seeds is basically how the best I can Okay, yeah, it. like in real life, you mean? Yeah, so where we have so, this technology to keep seeds underground and keep them protected safe. Protected and yes, the archaic seeds. Yeah, everybody would be protected in that sense. Where each vault would be equipped with food, ways to purify water, and they'd also be equipped with a gek. So now uh, a gek is basically a Garden of Eden creation kit. So if the bombs ever dropped, mm-hmm. and they did, when the Earth was okay to come and settle again, mm-hmm. they'd be able to take the gek environmental creation kit mm-hmm. and go and repopulate the earth save our planet yeah yeah to keep yeah. humans going so that the nuclear is not destroy <laughs> the whole planet on top of humanity yeah you'd be able to keep everybody everybody alive for a mm-hmm. little while so the vault tech was was funded by the government along with a separate uh, government institution called the enclave now the enclave would be basically just like a private military during all the war the enclave and any important personnel anybody with a lot of money, was put onto an oil rig in the middle of the ocean where they stored technology and a whole bunch so of stuff. So the ocean was still okay, wasn't yeah. full of radiation? The ocean was okay, mm-hmm. wasn't good. So where the bombs dropped was destroyed, mostly. Yes. Um, so, for example, in Fallout 4, where you see it, a bomb is dropped maybe within 100 kilometers mm-hmm. of the starting area, and you can see the cloud, and that's when you descend into the vault. So the vaults are usually extremely deep into the ground. Mm-hmm. They're usually not too, not too accessible unless you have what's called a pit boy. Uh, and so a Pip-Boy is given to all vault dwellers. It's how you access your inventory, how you look at your stats, but mm-hmm. it's basically just to identify you as a vault dweller. To talk about the vaults, a little complicated. The vaults, again, are they're equipped with all things. It's like underground way. tunnels, like a mine, yeah. basically, yeah. where you would just walk from one area to yep. another. There's yeah. the elevators, there's, mm-hmm. uh, there's usually rec room. It's supposed to mimic a big hotel without windows kind of thing. Okay. You, yeah, you have your water, you have your food, but the issue was vault Tech had ulterior motives. So now vault Tech and the Enclave decided that only a certain amount of vaults, there was about 120, 150 that have been discovered. We don't really know how many there are, but out of those vaults, maybe 10 to 15% were actually meant to help survive. The other ones became social experiments and psychological experiments and physical experiments. Probably the funniest one I liked is one man was contained in a vault with a box of puppets. Okay. And that was it. <laughs> So in the game, like you said, you see this mushroom cloud happen, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you get thrown into the vault because you yeah. have to be protected. Yeah. And then you meet interesting characters along the way. Yeah. What's your quest, if you will? Uh, in all five, well, I'll say five games, it's to survive. Most of them have a certain quest, so in Fallout 1, your vault is dying, mm-hmm. and your water purifier is broken. So you needed a form of gek, your vault lost theirs, and you need to go and find one to go and save your vault. So okay. you go out, or you do all these things for your quest, you meet all these people, you find out that that's not it, there's life on the surface, there's vaults aren't the only thing that you need to know, and then the story just explodes from there. So the first two games were ARPG style. So I explained what RPG means for yes. anybody who's interested, but maybe hasn't yeah, played for many sure. of them. Yeah. So um, ARPG is just like a role-playing game, where mm-hmm. you look overhead on your character, you can click, move them around, have them interact with objects in the environment. So that was what it was for the first two games. The first game was developed by Interplay Studios, Mm -hmm. and then it was purchased in Fallout 3, I believe, by Obsidian, and then Bethesda took over after Fallout New Vegas. And then in the second game, you actually have left the shelter, and you're in a village which was developed by the first person that came out of the vault in the first game, and I think the village is dying. There's some sort of radiation poisoning. I can't quite remember the second one, but then you go on a quest to save your village. You go and search for something. In all the games, you're searching for, you're looking for something, you're trying to find... And then you meet different people, different mini-quests, yeah. side-quests. Yeah. Kind of side-quests, right? and yeah. every character has a certain depth. You can gain karma by doing certain actions. If you hit somebody in the streets, you lose karma. Mm-hmm. And this can affect certain uh, certain aspects of the game. Maybe interactions with others? Yeah, so yeah. In, for an example, is if you have super bad karma in Fallout 3, they will launch a nuke at you. Oh, that's fun. And yeah. So that, that would be a little destructive. Yeah, it usually kills you. Fallout 3 is when it became a first-person shooter, like an FPS RPG, where mm-hmm. you're really taking control of that character. So you're still looking over the shoulder? So you can, you, you have the choice between okay. going to third person, which is yes. looking over the shoulder, mm-hmm. but, or you can go into first person and see your guns, you, you yeah. have the, the melee weapon, mm-hmm. and that's when it really took off. That's where I started to play the series, and then I went back and started playing the original games. Well, actually, I'll continue with lots of the, uh, the games. So Fallout 3, you witness your character growing up. You see your father, you, you're born, you really build 
builds your character from the ground up on this one, where okay. you have your special stats, but it's S-P-E. It spells out the thing where you have strength, perception, uh, endurance, charisma, intelligence, agility, luck. Okay, so yeah. it spells out special. So it, it literally Isn't spells out handy? special. Yeah, <laughs> they, they really base yeah. their stat system off it, and it's pretty cool, but I do say so myself. So in that one, you open up a book that says, I am special. It's a baby book. Okay. And you can determine how strong you are, how cute you are for yeah, charisma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and you see, you know, you play with toys with your dad and all baby perspective. You grow up to about eight or nine where you have your first interaction with other vault dwellers. Where you're So you grew up in the vault in this Yeah. One, so this one, okay. you were originally vault dweller. It's a completely different character yeah. at that point. It's all, yeah, yeah. It's a completely different character arc. Um, most Just so, the same basic storyline? Yeah. Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, into Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. Most of them, they don't interact with each other at all. There will be slight nods to other games. Of it's pretty cool. You have your character, you interact with some people. One of the first characters is basically the bully. And in this game, in all, all games, all three games, you can decide whether you want to... You have certain dialogue options where you want to be a nice person. You want to be an aggressive person. You really get to decide where your character goes on from mm-hmm. a uh, personality standpoint. So he's a bully. And you it's your birthday. So you receive a, uh, I think it's a cinnamon bun of some sort. Everything has a different name. So Coca-Cola is Nuka-Cola. And, and uh, the bully comes up and you better give me that or I'm going to beat you up and blah, blah. So you can give it to him. If you have a high enough charisma, you can convince him to back off. Oh, yes. Okay. If you have a high enough strength, you, you can, can intimidate him yeah. and have him back off. Or you can involve an adult. and So basically those special skills, you can choose which one you want to use in order to yeah, fight and, off the bully, if you yeah. will. In Fallout 3, they really amped that up where your choices were decided upon if you had a high enough speech skill. Mm-hmm. So there's a subclass of skills affected by your special stats. They also had it in Fallout 1 and 2 that came really alive in Fallout 3, mainly because that was your character. You weren't watching them. You were them. I usually chose the brute. High strength, high endurance, really low <laughs> intelligence. I guess that can't go well together somehow. Yeah, I know yeah. strong, intelligent people. <laughs> in this game, having a low intelligence completely flips the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So if you're not smart enough, if I put my intelligence on a scale of 0 to uh, 1 to 10, if I put a 2, sometimes a lot of my dialogue options... And there's just random sound. So you basically turn your character into a caveman, but you're the strongest person (laughs) ever. You're kind of like the Hulk. Yeah. yeah. But not green. (laughs) And it it becomes so difficult to speak with people that you really see that side of the game where you're too dumb to actually Mm -hmm. comprehend certain people. So that's quite a depth to a video game where, depending on what you're choosing, your path really is different. It's like those Choose Your Adventure books. So imagine a Choose Your Adventure book that's like 6,000 pages long. Mm -hmm. And every decision you make really (laughs) determines how the game goes. It's very intricate. In Fallout New Vegas, they kept that style. Obsidian also took hold of that one. They did an extremely good job. One of the best games I've ever played. And you're basically the courier. You just get paid to haul stuff around. Everything's powered by mm-hmm. nuclear. So there's uh, one of your companions you can pick up. His name's Eddie. Mm-hmm. So it's E-D-E. Basically <laughs> a flying messenger bot created by, I think it's the Brother of the Steel of the Enclave. They can talk. The one that you get as a personality. And he'll, he'll do certain beat boops. And it's pretty cool. There's fast traveling. If I'm in a certain part of the map, I can fast travel to another part of the map. But the uh, time will pass. So oh. depend- depending on the distance, if you, you leave at 8, 8 a.m., whatever time it would take you to walk there, that's how much time would pass Can you by say the time run? You get there. <laughs> Use my run feature. There is run, but yeah. it's, um, most of the time you usually take stamina. I don't think mm. they actually implemented that in Vegas. They didn't follow four. So yeah, so New Vegas, basically, you're a courier, you get shot, you wake up in Doc Mitchell's house, and the special machine, not a Blanco machine, but... It's, uh, you wake up in Vegas, basically, in Nevada. You use the machine, you, you pick your strength, you pick your all your stats, and that's about it. You find out who tried to kill you, and mm-hmm. you decide whether you want to, uh, who, what faction you want to side with. I'll get into those a little later. Follow New Vegas, probably one of the better ones in the series. It takes karma, and it still keeps that balance where you can't be a terrible person unless you want to be. So if you want to be that guy that just kills everybody, sure. you can. Yeah. But you have to be prepared because certain factions will send out we'll people try to, to kill, kill you. you. Yeah. So Caesar's Legion in this one is mm-hmm. basically like the Raiders, the Outlanders. They're against the NCR. The New California Republic Rangers, they're basically the police, the military. So if you side with Caesar's Legion, the NCR is going to come and attack you. Mm-hmm. If you side with the NCR, Caesar's Legion is going to come. So you can stick with Mr. House. Mr. House was a character that developed anti-missile technology. So all these mm-hmm. nukes were blown up in the sky, most of them. Nevada has the New Vegas Strip, which is almost untouched. There's these gorgeous hotels. Mm-hmm. So you can side with Mr. House. I don't want to spoil too much of the game. 
there's a lot of intricate options with him. You can decide to even go alone, take the chip for yourself. Okay, do cool. Stuff mm -hmm. like that. And the entire point of the game is to decide uh, about the Hoover Dam. The Hoover Dam is a good water source, energy mm -hmm. source. Perfect. So you try and fix it? You try to fix it and then decide who gets to have it. Who, oh, I so see. So do you want the NCR to have it? Do you want mm -hmm. to keep it to yourself? Do you want Another Mr. House company. to get it? Yeah. And uh, there's a whole bunch of DLC, downloadable content. Uh, most of it's free now. I think I followed New Vegas Ultimate Edition on sale for like $7. I was ecstatic. Yeah. <laughs> Considering I bought the game for like $70 back, back, in, the back in the day. <laughs> The advantage of waiting a few years if you want to play a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so then it, it brings us to Fallout 4, which this one takes place 2277. Mm -hmm. So it's 200 years after the bombs drop. So you actually start the game. You can pick the husband or the wife. Okay. And you... Oh, so there's a female character. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you could always be a female character. It was just never really... Uh... Actually, you know what? They did implement it where you could have perks where one's Black Widow. So you can you get bonuses. You get deal extra damage. You get extra combat options. Mm -hmm. Uh, extra speech options with men, and I think the other one's Lady Killer. You have extra options with the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. That wasn't pretty good with that. I, I don't recall with the first two games, but Fallout 3 New Vegas and Fallout 4 were pretty fantastic for it. But you really got to have a customization in this one where you can just start to determine whatever you want. Your son's name always stayed the same, so it was always Sean. So you have Mr. Codsworth, which is your butler. Yeah, you're Mr. Handy. He basically, he helps with, he'll take care of the baby a little bit, he'll make food, he'll make coffee, he'll, he's basically his own sentient being. So that happens. Uh, then you get a knock on your door. You are approached by the vault tech personnel, and he's like, I need to, you need to answer some questions for me. And mm -hmm. basically, that's how you determine your background. You're always military background. You always okay. spent time in the military. You knew what was going on. So this was in 19, or maybe closer to 2077, where you had spent time in the military. You had fought the Chinese. You had fought the Middle East. So this whatever. is past the bombs you've mentioned. Past so the... um, in Fallout 4, it's just as the bombs dropped. So, so it backtracks it, a little bit. Yeah, so it backtracks a little bit in the beginning where it sets up a premise of this is what happens. And then mm -hmm. your character is immediately rushed to the vault. The bombs are dropping. You get a teleprompt. You leave Cotsworth at the house, unfortunately. Oh. And uh, so you, you enter the vault. You're mm -hmm. given this introduction. You're put into these cleansing machines. And you're frozen. So you get cryogenically frozen. Okay, so that's how they move past the timeline and exactly, they jump yeah. ahead. So in your cryogenically frozen, where this is supposed to be a safety vault. Mm -hmm. So they tricked everybody into getting into these to be cleaned so that you're pure for the vault. And, um, and then you're stuck there for yeah. a few years. So you're woken up about, you actually have no idea. You're still stuck, you're woken up, and your child is with the opposite oh, uh, partner. Okay. And it's woken up, it's opened, and they try and take your child. And your partner fights, mm -hmm. so they get shot and they die. And your child's gone. And so you watch this man, and he's got, he's metal, he's got a weird eye, he's mm -hmm. just got a big gun, and he rips your child away off your partner and leaves. So then the vault ends up breaking down, you have no idea what's going on, you're unfrozen, you get up, you leave, you can access terminals, so like little computers basically. Our computers have become a lot better, considering we have the <laughs> transistors helping us. So theirs were still pretty bulky, imagine like circa 2000, 1995, where yeah. they're still big bulky machines. Uh, you can access all these files, and you can see what actually happened, where it was just meant to be a stasis for people until... So now the story ago. unfolds, and now you understand what happened to you. Yeah. You have a certain semblance of what's going on. So you leave the vault, and you see what happened. That all the bombs had dropped. It's still green, for some reason. You end up going back to your home, and everything's destroyed. Of course. And yeah. Codsworth is waiting for you. Oh, no. And he had been what? sitting there for all that time. <laughs> he's, he's part robot. He's, so he doesn't know what time is. He's yeah. sitting there. He's like, oh, my God, sir. What happened? Yeah. And you go through all these dialogue options, and he reveals that it's been 200 years. Wow. Which okay. is why everything's green. The bombs dropped, and then everything And everything, out. yeah, and everything slowly recuperated. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's been 200 years. Where's the miss? And you have to tell him, and there's certain speech options where it introduces that you can simplify speech, and there's, you have your four options, and you pick one, and it'll highlight yellow or orange or red. If it's difficult, it goes red. Easy, it's yellow. Mm -hmm. So with Codsworth, it's automatically yellow. As it's an introduction, and it's like he's acting weird. It's like you're acting weird. And he's like, oh yeah, he has a robot mental breakdown in front of you, and because <laughs> you told him the missus is gone, yeah, John's John gone, gone. Yeah. and it, it it introduces a whole dynamic with you're having a companion. Well, I know there's people at this town. You leave and you go and you start the story. And Fallout Four is definitely my favorite, just mm -hmm. because of the graphics. Uh, you can build your own town. Wow. You can build settlements. The The DLC is fantastic. The modding community is fantastic. So Fallout 4, Bethesda really took hold of the franchise. And they became like the sole programming. And they didn't really mm -hmm. outreach too much. They, so they took it and simplified the speech. Made everything a little bit cleaner. I mean, there's always going to be bugs in the games. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. And they added a modding option. They, uh, they released a creation kit. Which allowed people that wanted to mod, add things to the game, uh, certain clothing, whatever. 
sky's the limit. And different weapons? Yeah, oh, different yeah, weapons, different clothes, okay. different... Basically adding their own downloadable content, mm-hmm. which gave them a little bit more flexibility with their downloadable content. So they released workshops, which gave more customization to your sanctuary building and your settlement building. Some people think it's a cop-out. Personally, I like it. There's a certain creator who is currently making Fallout 3 in mm-hmm. the Fallout 4 universe. So they're completely recreating an almost a brand new game out of just the creation kit that they... That's incredible. Let, let yeah. for free. That's got a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty intense, but the work they're doing is fantastic. HD texture packs and, and the Fallout 4 was it the last of the franchise so far? So right now Fallout 76 was released and what is Fallout 76? It's a completely new game they try to branch off into a like a multiplayer aspect they release a server of 32 people and you were the first people released from the vaults so the bomb dropped in 2077 and you were released 10 years later very soon after the bombs had dropped. So you're not cryogenically frozen anymore? No. It was yeah. a completely different vault. Okay. In Fallout 3, you're in Vault 101. In Fallout New Vegas, you weren't even in a vault. You could find vaults. Yes. But you were never in a vault. Fallout 4, you're in Vault 111. So each game has a different vault. Uh, I think in Fallout 1, it was Vault 13. Number 2 is the village. I don't think you started in a vault. And yeah, and so on. Mm-hmm. So Vault 76, you started in 76. At 76, yeah. And... Um, Basically, it was uh, Reclamation Day, where you would wait a certain amount of time, and you would leave the vault, you'd take the geck, everybody would be given one to go and start a new life. The community was pretty bashful on this one. They really didn't like it. Personally, I think it was pretty good. So what were some of the things that people maybe didn't appreciate so much? The multiplayer aspect? So a lot of the complaints came from the fact that there were no NPCs. So okay. NPCs is a non-player character where, say in Fallout 4, you can go and interact with one of your, one of your yes. companions mm-hmm. and uh, whatever, and you'd get that dialogue. Fallout 76, all the quests came from um, an automated terminal or uh, they're just random events coming around. You'd have your own quest log. The intention was that all the interaction would be from other players. Mm. So, so it's a big community-based and not yeah. a computer so or AI-based. If you see a person, you decide, okay, am I going to shoot? Really, it's supposed to be a survival game. The community didn't take well to it. Because um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole new way to play. It's different. So you're taking a story that you're very familiar with and a you're sticking it in a very Single new... player, um, so, like something like Skyrim, where they brought it into Elder Scrolls Online, but Elder Scrolls Online kept their own game and still made quest lines. They had the NPCs, they mm-hmm. had the map, they had everything. In this, you're stuck, I think you're in Appalachia. It's a very large map, to be fair. The quest lines are pretty good, but if you're playing with friends, amazing. Okay, so where, they really did develop it to be community-based. Yeah. Kind of like they, an online D&D a little bit. Yeah, right? basically. They didn't want people to just go solo again. Okay. They wanted to bring something new to their franchise. Sure, yeah. And um, if you ha- if you were playing with people, it was amazing. Or even just finding random people. It kind of became an MMORPG. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's definitely not like the other uh, the other games. The concept of the game like stayed the same. Um, you were able to build your own little sediment. There was a little machine you got when you left, and you made your own little base, and you could build, and it would automatically place it, and it would go back into the machine. You had your own items. A lot of the issues was with certain bugs, duplication glitches, and stuff sure. along, along yeah. those sorts, obviously. Yeah, every game was something. Every game. These worlds, I mean, we're not talking Space Invaders anymore, yeah. right? Like from back in my day. Yeah. Now, where you have all these moving parts and all these different programmers so, coming yeah. in, and there's so much effort from all the different layers of the game. Mm. And suddenly one code bug might not show up. And somebody hits the button. It's kind of like those secret codes where you hit A, up, yeah. down, side, side, <laughs> side, B. And suddenly you opened a new door, right? Yeah. And these little bugs seem to happen. Yeah. Most of them aren't really game-breaking. If you're fighting a ghoul, they'll show up in T-pose. Arms out, yeah. legs straight to the and side. Can... That's when they design them. Yeah. And that's how they're placed in the world. And mm. then they take their structure. And they get stuck like that, and so you just have a ghoul that's T-posing <laughs> running after you, which is very funny. Yeah, I was going to say, that's actually quite hilarious, yeah. yeah. Um, the people were losing their mind of over course, it. And, yeah. um, I mean, it's understandable. Like, yeah. If you're going to pay a lot of money for a game, you, you expect do have... it to be polished. Uh, sure, yeah. and I'm sure the programmers and the people feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're, they're not out to get you at Yeah, that exactly. Point, right? They're, they're trying yeah. to push out a game. Yeah, yeah. And considering the amount of effort you can imagine going into one of these games, for, I think, Fallout 4, it took four or five six years to come out Mm -hmm. whereas Fallout 76 came out about two years I understand complaints I mean it's like when Mm -hmm. you read a favorite book series they turn it to a TV or Mm -hmm. movie and you're like oh my gosh they got everything (laughs) wrong sometimes it's great sometimes it's not you have to take a step back and kind of say okay how much am I enjoying this if you let go of those little bugs yeah you really love the franchise you really do love the universe oh yeah I can imagine with Fallout 76, that would have been a whole new experience. It's like a whole new game. 
Yeah, it was basically taking the concepts of the previous fallouts and, and throwing you into a new situation where you're not too used to. You used to have NPCs to guide you. In this one, you're making your own decisions. You go to where these quests tell you to go, you figure out, you explore, you loot, you find whatever you want, and then you go. It introduces like uh, certain raid bosses, for example. By raid bossing, for anybody who yeah, oh, yeah. isn't <laughs> super familiar, so you have sort of these regular monsters where you can fight one-on-one -on -one with your sword. Then you have raids, which depending on the game can be, you know, from 24 to I've heard of 100. Huge, huge amount. For these online games. Yeah. One of the main bosses uh, takes anywhere between uh, 4 to 15 to 30 people in the front in their mm -hmm. power armor, tanking whatever blows they're taking. And people in the back with snipers, people with med kits. In the Fallout universe, it's uh, stim packs. Okay. It's basically, if you can imagine, just a needle with life juice. It's, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's okay. a health potion, but you stab yourself. <laughs> it's kind of like those movies where they stab the yeah. epinephrine right in the, basically, the it's, yeah. yeah, imagine just health yeah. epinephrine and you, you, yeah. it juices you up and you're good. The Fallout 76 map, in comparison to Fallout 4, I think was four to five times bigger. I thought Fallout 4 was big. Getting to that game... Was like, it an open world style where yeah. you're just kind of running, running, running and yeah. there's no loading screens? There's yeah, unless you enter a certain uh, like sure, dungeon a house. or... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you get a loading screen or if you leave a certain area. To get from one end of the map to the other would probably take you at least an hour of just walking. Wow. And that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> so fast oh, traveling is extremely useful in, in, uh, in, the, in games like this. And you had mentioned vault -Tec. vault -Tec seemed like a good idea. vault -Tec on the outside towards civilians was just they were focused on you. They want to protect mm -hmm. you, they're for you, that's it. And on the surface, they the way that they would put out all these videos in schools, so for example, where we would get uh, Don't Drink and Drive stuff, they would get vault Tech. vault Tech is fantastic. They do this, they protect you from this, mm -hmm. we have all these resources, and if the bombs ever drop, you're fine. The United States was constantly under uh, the bombs might drop any day. Everybody had nuclear weapons. They would present these videos as if they were the people you wanted to have an in with. When you join the military, you gain that in. That's why they won all these wars with China, and then the Middle East came into the mix, where mm -hmm. the United States just, they basically took Canada. They would have to go through Canada to get to Alaska, so they, there's a certain word for it, where you kind of take that area for a temporary amount of time so that you yes. can send your troops and whatnot. So vault Tech was, was just this giant organization that was built to protect people. That's what we thought. So like for quests, you always have the one main quest and then the yeah. side quests. Yeah. Have you actually been able to do every single quest in one of the games? Yes. Yeah, so if I wanted, it's, I call it platinum starring because I was on PS4. When you get all the achievements, it's kind of like you complete the game. So sure. in Fallout 3, I decided to I'm going to finish the game. So you go and you do all the downloadable content and you do all the main, it takes hours. hours. You can just pick up a new game and you can just spin a character concept. Uh, pacifist, I'm not going to kill anything. You bump your charisma, you bump your, your agility and your mm -hmm. luck. You leave strength, endurance, and... Uh, you don't need that. Yeah. yeah. You, you can bump your agility and your luck, and you can sneak around. You can use knives. You can just be... This, there's sneak attack multipliers. Sure. Uh, you can be a uh, sniper. You never really get up close to anybody. You can be mm -hmm. a brute. So yeah. you've been able to create different characters and try the sort of the different avenues, and yeah. not just the quest lines. Absolutely. You can really role-play as the character you want to be. Mm -hmm. So if I'm playing the brute, I'm not going to try and talk my way out of a situation. Sure. I'm going to mm -hmm. hit things and hope everything resolves itself. But if I'm playing the charismatic person, I'm I'm not going to instigate something. I'm going to try and talk my way out of it. If I pick a character concept, if I'm playing the sniper, I'm not going to go up and close and start hitting people with a melee weapon, mm -hmm. mostly because it's ineffective. One of the main goals is to get a get uh, environmental mm -hmm. creation kits. They'd leave and they'd start, which and it would usually contain stuff that would terraform, that would make everything luscious. They would have seeds. They would have uh, ways to purify water. And you purify... Well, that's what your dad wants, actually. So your dad leaves the vault. Mm -hmm. You want to go find your dad. You don't know why he leaves. So you're, I think you're like 18 at that point. So you leave and you, you got to find your dad. His goal was to purify the water in the lake and have everybody able to drink from it. And then you can decide whether you want to charge for it or not. Um, but what about the graphic aspect? Did you find that some were more dark and broody? Or is that more within the vaults? Or within well, how did the... you mention that, actually? So yeah. <laughs> um, Fallout 3, based upon the timeline... Uh, certain games take place at certain points, so I, I mm -hmm. believe Fallout 3 was in 2281, so that was um, about 206 years after the bombs dropped. So there's greenery, as you had yeah, mentioned, Yeah, so right? there's yeah. green, but in the area that you're in, they take the place in the U.S., and they'll send them to survey it, and they'll take the land maps and mimic it. And then they'll add their little additions. So they had like the Mon the Washington Monument. So you'll have that, but it, it's just, it's a little bit destroyed. So they didn't mm -hmm. nuke the capital; they nuked around it, where it'll have certain places blown off, and you can see the structure. You, there's still the buildings, and then they add their own little story elements to it. 
it is recognizable as the capital. Yeah, I'm sure if you lived there, you could actually... You'd be like, hey, I yeah. know that part, yeah. Yeah, so when okay, they announced cool. that Fallout 4 was took place in Boston. Mm-hmm. So Boston, apparently, from what I learned, is one of the oldest uh, cities in the, the States. They really took that history aspect into it, and so they had the, the big stadium that was there, and that mm-hmm. turned into a town. Uh, somebody who had lived in Boston was, walked around their city and found all these landmarks. They're like, wow, yeah. like they really sent somebody here to find mm-hmm. these out. Mm-hmm. And they added all these little secret passageways and all that. They added their own little game elements. But I, did, I find it's really cool that you can, like, in the game, replicate something in real life where it has that connection. It's not just some alternate world. That actually reminds me of Assassin's Creed where they used actual maps for one of them, right? Yeah. Like, you know, beautiful historical buildings and they're very accurately based. Yeah, they're actually represented. Mm-hmm. I think they used the digital representation they had of the, the Notre Dame Cathedral to actually rebuild it. Yes, actually, I yeah, read that, that same so cool. article. Yeah. yeah, I'll try to find it for the show notes mm-hmm. for those who want to know about it. But they said that they 3D mapped the whole cathedral before uh, the Great Fire that just happened yeah. recently. And they're able to use a lot of that to help Honestly, my biggest thing, this is way off point, the article about the bees. Mm. They had beehives on the Notre Dame Cathedral roof. I'd never heard about this. They had a beekeeper. They had tons of hives. Um, but they were able to save them all. Helping those bees. Yeah. Well, from the article that I did yeah. read. I haven't updated on that. Cool. Yeah. Hashtag save the that. bees. Yeah, save the bees. Absolutely. <laughs> totally tangent. But back to follow. But back to follow. <laughs> so we've talked about the timeline. What we're talking about is not actual History. Yeah, it's a completely separate It's completely in part past, in part present, in part yeah. future. So it's kind of interesting how they, they've split that timeline that we know and they went a whole other way. And then you have a company, vault Tech, and they yeah. just take over everything. They're brainwashing and adding propaganda to these communities. Little, yeah, villages. And then you have the different experiments they've done, which that sounds really creepy and terrifying. Cool. And then you've talked about some of the plot lines of the different games. Mm-hmm. And what about the different developers? So originally the, the baseline of the Fallout games was based off of a, a game called Wasteland, developed in 1987. Mm-hmm. And that's by Interplay Studios. It's just Wasteland, uh, post-apocalyptic game, where it was uh, along the same lines. I, I don't remember if it was text-based or not. I think it was, it was another ARPG where you control your character like sure. Diablo. And Is it like turn-based fighting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they built on Wasteland and made a separate game, Fallout 1. Mm-hmm. which took that post-apocalyptic concept and made it into a different one. Mm-hmm. And so they released that in, I think it was 1995, somewhere around there. And that was a huge success. Fallout 2, it was also Interplay Studios, where they just fixed up some of the bugs. If somebody was stuck in a, like, standing in a doorway, you could tell them to move. And it was a lot of quality of life. Uh, improved the graphics a little bit, some of the combat. Uh, they kept the special mechanic. It was eventually sold off to, I believe, Obsidian, where mm-hmm. Obsidian turned it into a first-person, third-person shooter okay. where they let you control the character where mm-hmm. you were the character just roaming around in Fallout 1 and 2 but Fallout 3, you became the character. That came out in 2005, I want to say, which then stayed with Obsidian. I think Bethesda was probably a partner at that time into Fallout New Vegas. I skipped Fallout Tactics and Fallout Brotherhood because they were it wasn't polished. It, was, mm-hmm. yeah, it just didn't feel like the Fallout franchise. It seemed like a completely different game. Okay. Um, and so yeah, then Fallout New Vegas, it was another graphical enhancement and one of the perks was called Wild Wasteland. You mm-hmm. find random things around the wasteland. One of them was a fridge with brown hat on it and a whip. It was a callback to Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so in, you'd get the little thing, and it'd be like, whoa. And you, it's yeah. really cool, and you can take his hat, whatever. That's so pretty awesome. They had little tidbits. They were a little bit more pop culture Really added some of the jokes, um, just little callbacks to whatever, that your, your character had no idea, but you behind the controller, you're like, ha you know. So, and Fallout New Vegas was pretty good. So they all were in different certain lands. One was Capital Wasteland. Like in Fallout New Vegas, you're in Vegas. Fallout 3, you're in the capital, so in Washington. And then Fallout 4 takes place in Boston. So Fallout 4 is when Bethesda really took the reins on the game and kind of kicked Obsidian to the curb. They really simplified the talking, which I am not much a fan of, where you would usually have five to six to seven options based mm-hmm. upon... Your speech, your strength, charisma, whatever. Where Fallout 4 took it, you had four options. Most of them lead to the same thing. Mm. Um, here's And then there's a one speech option where if you have a high enough speech, you can do it. If it's yellow, go ahead. Orange, mm. red, you might not do it. It's a percentage-based. Which was okay if you wanted to just streamline the game. This time you, you had a fully voiced protagonist. Let's say your pick-your-own-adventure book just yeah. kind of narrowed down a little bit. Yeah, so your, your pick-your-own-adventure book would all lead to the same page, basically. Mm-hmm. So you would start at a certain point. You, there you have four options. Each option takes you to a different page, but three of those options take you to the same page at the end. Mm-hmm. And then one will give you a certain bonus XP, Possibly, whatever. yeah. As you had mentioned, you liked to try the different yeah. versions of the characters with your 
special quote-unquote characteristics. Yeah, I took a little bit away from the role-playing aspect because of having a fully voiced protagonist. Mm -hmm. Most of the lines were delivered the same. Those options yeah. where the modding community really took hold okay, and threw yeah. and complete, they overhauled Fallout 4. There's a few projects that blow my mind where they completely overhaul the game, they change it, they give you new everything. So yeah, Fallout 4, they kept the the first person, third person aspect. They bumped up the graphics, of course. They took away a little bit of the, of the role-playing, but the combat was way better. In the previous games, in 3 and New Vegas, you had where you could stop time. Your Pip-Boy will auto-aim for you. Oh, so okay. you'll aim at uh, Savage Dog here. You have an 87% chance to hit the torso, mm -hmm. a 70% uh, chance to hit the head, uh, whatever percent chance to hit the leg. Oh, and you change to this target, you have this percentage chance where it would just stop, completely stop time. Mm -hmm. A little bit unrealistic, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I guess it's a video game. Oh, yeah. So Fallout 4, it only slowed down time. So it mm -hmm. cut time to about a 20%. So you still had to make a decision where it, you can't just, oh, freeze frame. Fallout 76 takes the aspects of Fallout 4 and throws it into an MMORPG. Uh, graphics were still quite fantastic, by the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Fallout 4, Bethesda, they did a good job. They could have done a better job. Felt a little bit rushed. There's a couple of rumors that they, uh, the programmers were on a very strict deadline. and I can't really confirm any of it. It was no, all yeah. just article rumors. and They released a little side game called Fallout Shelter where you're the overseer. So it's a mobile game. And in the shelter, you have the entrance... It tells you you build a clothing area, and you slowly build it and going underground. It doesn't really take much of the aspects of the, oh, it's nuclear. It's more like a little side game. But I mean, it's a mobile game, which yeah. means it's entertaining. And for when, when it came out, it was just before they released Fallout 4. So they were at E3, which is a, it's a convention where most of the, uh, the developers of Bethesda, you'll have Obsidian there, you'll have everybody, Blizzard, everybody's going to be releasing their own games and mm -hmm. announcing whatever's coming up next. So they released, they announced Fallout 4 and then immediately released Fallout Shelter. Okay. Everybody loved it. And it was fantastic for the time being. Hey, and, if uh, Zelda ever came out with a mobile <laughs> game, I'm, I'm first in line. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're hitting install as fast oh, as you can. Oh, 100%. I will upgrade my phone for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they did pretty good in the PR. They did good in the announcements. Once it hit Fallout 76, they really tried to do something different. And I think it worked. It's just a lot of people weren't prepared for such a different... Uh, I can see how uh, Fallout 4 and Fallout 76, you have two very different styles. Yeah. They, which is kind really of cool because you can pick the one you want. Yeah. And I am still playing Fallout 4. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, <laughs> still, still your favorite? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still finding mods and people are basically creating downloadable content. So entire DLC campaigns, throwing it out almost basically for free. You can go on Patreon and you can support them. And most of these are phenomenal. Like the one I played was for Fallout New Vegas. They completely changed the storyline where mm -hmm. you started in a vault and you had to go through, uh, you were interacting with the Enclave. The Enclave was is still alive, but the later of the unit of the, the timeline, mm -hmm. they're just not as active. They're pretty hard to get at. It's the old military, very set in their ways. I guess I could talk a little bit about factions. Yeah, sure. Actually, let's, let's jump ahead in that since <laughs> you just mentioned Enclave. So in most of the games, you're able to choose a certain faction that you want to play with. And most of the time, it's for you to decide who is good mm -hmm. and who is bad. For example, in, in Fallout 3, believe there's the Brotherhood of Steel, which is basically almost like the Enclave, but private army style, where they have all this old world technologies, all of the, the 1950s to 2000s big new army stuff. Um, these, they're, they're called vertebrates, basically just helicopters. If you line up with them, then you know you're going to be playing as a military. Yeah, and um, so you become, if you're a Brotherhood of Steel paladin, which mm -hmm. is one of the... Um, um, so that would be a fighter yeah. with armor. Yeah. And in Fallout New Vegas, they split things up and they bring everything a little back, where you have these varmint rifles, mm -hmm. like a little bit of a Western-style game, mm -hmm. where you can side with uh, Caesar's Legion, uh, the NCR, Mr. House, or yourself. There's all these mini factors you can side with as well. Uh, one of them is called the Powder Gangers. They're basically just a gang. They run around cause mischief. Powder Gangers rule kind of thing. Actually, that's Tunnel Snake's rule from Fallout 3, where the original protagonist takes on that bully that we were talking about, mm -hmm. and when he grows up, they create a gang called Tunnel Snakes. Okay. It's like four like teenagers that are just, Tunnel yeah. Snakes rule! It's become, it's become a meme in the Fallout community. Oh, I'm sure it has. Um, that sounds but, very uh, meme-worthy. Yeah. yeah, and they wear these like, silly jackets. Actually, the jackets are pretty cool. Um, so, in, so Fallout New Vegas takes a little bit of an old-timey... There's no... Actually, there is a small semblance of the Brotherhood of Steel. Mm -hmm. So Brotherhood of Steel originates from the western part of the United States, but they sent these big, basically these giant balloons with power armor or whatever on it. One of them crashed in Chicago, and there's some remnants of the Brotherhood of Steel, and they have a little secret bunker in New Vegas. 
you can go and see them and you can do a little stuff out of the bunker and eventually almost take control and decide who you want to be boss and whatnot. And then in Fallout 4, they take a new turn with like an underground railroad for synths. So synths are these androids basically developed by another faction. So this other faction is called the Institute, so the Boston Institute of Technology. They basically create an underground facility in which they create these androids. Now, the androids have sentience. They're, so they have AI. Yeah, they're AI. They're but yeah. and they they believe they're real people most of the time. And uh, basically, everybody thinks that they're replacing people with synths. But the railroad basically takes the synths and then treats them as real people. They live in this railroad system. Yeah. So um, if there's a special thing in Boston where you go into into the railroad system and you, you find them, and that's how you do an introduction. That's how you find them. The institute. Oh, I can't talk too much about the institute, but the institute is just really cool. It's yeah. just like futuristic, super clean. Um, like so the institute's a location, not a not a faction. It's both. Okay, but so there's a faction within this location. Yeah. Is it based on science or oh, yeah. like knowledge? Yeah, it's it's based on science, and is they it similar to Vault Tech. Kinda less okay. corrupt, a okay. little scarier. <laughs> okay, so the institute is something that you can align yourself with in this one yep. also. Yep, and okay. you can decide that if you want to be part of them, they're a little bit more of like a scary area. Yeah. If I talk more, it kind of ruins the. Yeah. No, absolutely the thing, not. But, Mm-hmm. And then the Brotherhood of Steel ends up coming in a little bit into the story where you see their one of their giant balloons it's just floating through the sky. Yeah. You have all these different factions, and I guess some of these seem better as you're playing the game, and then yeah. you realize maybe they're not so good, yeah. or sometimes do they actually end up being good? So you can do quests for all factions until mm-hmm. you get to a certain point, mm-hmm. and it'll usually cut you off where, oh until wow. Until you need to choose. Yeah, it's like you're really working with the railroad and are you going to stay with us? Or the Brotherhood of Steel might, you better stop working with them or mm-hmm. like, we're going to be against you. And you have to really decide where, so I, I'll usually play up to about halfway through each faction and then I'll, I'll eventually decide what my character would do. Sure, so depending I, on what skills you give them. Yeah, so if my character's a brute, I'm going to go with the Brotherhood of Steel because I, I can power armor, I can hit people with big suit armor on. The, the factions, I feel like they make a difference. And in this one, the original one that you're given in the beginning, they're called the Minutemen. It's basically this civilian military that's created in Boston that you don't know too much about, but they were completely destroyed in one of the battles with super, against super mutants and the monsters that are there. Uh, the general's murdered, and a small part of their faction is uh, roaming through Boston. It's the, those people that Cosworth tells you to go see in the, in the town next over is the Minutemen fighting some raiders. So you save them, and they initiate you into into being Minutemen. They make their town in Sanctuary, which is your home base. Oh, so if you get in trouble, you can run back to the yeah. home base. Yeah, yeah. that's and nice. Yeah, you can fast travel. That, that has all your crafting materials. Mm-hmm. You can upgrade your guns and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you would keep your stuff yeah. there, essentially. Yeah. Minutemen is unique to Fallout 4, but they're about helping the common people. They're, they just want to help people survive and kill off all the bad guys. Brotherhood of Steel, they're complete focus is getting rid of the synths. They believe synths are going to corrupt everybody and they want to collect like old world technology and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then the Institute is about rehabilitating the surface, but they're doing it forcefully. <laughs> and the railroad is like a side faction that just, that hates the Institute because they're creating and trying to control these people and they hate the Brotherhood. I think you can stay with, not, no, not in this game, but you can usually pick two factions that don't necessarily counter align with each other. So with the Minutemen, you can be with anybody you want. So if you choose the Institute, you convince them to choose the Institute. If oh, they, you choose the Brotherhood, you can convince them to choose the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Why they're good. In Fallout 76, the faction system is basically left up to the players. You can form alliances, guilds. It's like an MMO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the whole faction system is kind of thrown out the window. Were there some players that actually tried to name their own guild? Oh, yeah. Like of the Institute of oh, something? Absolutely. or absolutely. Yeah. And they'll mimic it. And it's, it's usually just pretty fun. Fallout 76 takes place just recently after the bombs dropped. Mm-hmm. I've, um, I haven't gotten too high level yet. Some people have gotten to like level 250, 300, and I'm sitting oh my there goodness. 20-something just kind of roaming around. I'm dipping into a few games right now in between school and whatnot, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to get a, get a good feel for the game. I've just looked up lore and stuff and just see what the cult concept of Fallout 76 was. It's pretty interesting if you can get into it yourself without having to really bash on it. I was on a Facebook page for Fallout fans, and uh, it was almost every day. It was just somebody... Bashing something. Yeah. That's like every so fan negative. base. Some of them are very intent on being positive. Yeah. And they'll say, you know, if you have something to say, then make sure you say it in a way that's not insulting or, you know, yeah. terrible. And, yeah, exactly. And the whole trying to limit the negativity, moderators were open to discussion. But they weren't open to just straight up bashing a yeah, game no. and then leaving it. You, you it's have hard to... to understand because you get really involved in a game, but I mean, you have a lot of people behind this game. 
developers are working really hard to give you the best that they can. It'd be nice to be recognized for some of the stuff that you did well, yeah, exactly. and then try to build upon that for the next game. Usually I ask if you had a time machine and you could go back and <laughs> sort of get into your favorite thing. With you, it's a little different. It's more like if you had a time machine, you could move forward in time. <laughs> they have so much wiggle room to try and make new games where every game usually takes place in a certain uh, state. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, Nevada, I don't know if Nevada's a state, but California. You know what, I know nothing. I'm, a, I'm not a geography major. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the one that takes place in and, in and around Boston, uh, talking about uh, making a new game and uh, taking it to Texas. That'd be or, very different. Yeah, mm-hmm. or taking it to like, Minnesota. Or even like an Alaskan game. I think oh, you know, Alaska Alaskan would be, would be crazy. insane. Then you because can, then your shelter is like in ice. Yeah, and then you'd also be able to see the rent, what's left of when the, the U.S. fought the Chinese. There'd probably be so much history there just from the history and the game standpoint. What about a fallout shelter in the ocean? Kind of like an Atlantis. That would be cool. Like an, an underwater aspect. Yeah, or an entire game set into one of the vaults where you have to maybe expand or you... And then what if the whole Earth blew up and then you ended up on Mars? You'd have to build a whole different shelter. Having like a space shelter. They have so many options with the game. And I think one of the quotes, it's from uh, the owner of Nintendo. And one of the developers is like, if, obviously said in Japanese, but basically if if we did everything that what every fan wants, our games would turn out like a pile of crap. You know what? I think it'd be true. Because everybody wants these super specific things and... It's, you're not going to please everybody. And I, th- I think that's something yeah. that they really have to internalize when making video games. What I liked in Fallout 4 is that they kept the, the area that was bombed alive. So mm-hmm. you could go there. It's mm-hmm. just you needed a special suit. They're powered by fusion cores. You needed to be able to go and and radiation would kill you unless you had their certain yes. perks. But And you could go and you'd see this toxic wasteland where, it, sure, it's 200 years later, but it takes longer than that. You can go into the crater, and then there's... Actually, there's a minor faction called the Children of Adam, where they pray to the Adam and the Adam bomb, and it's just this glowing wasteland. I think it's Yeah, I think it's called the Glowing Sea. On the map, it's a crater, and then just fallout. And then as you leave, you can see the nature. How much time they want to put into production of certain aspects of the game. Like, they definitely could have had the, uh, the dialogue system in Fallout 4, but that might have taken away from the graphics. They could have avoided the entirety of the being able to build your own area. Mm-hmm. And that has... That's fun. I spent like eight hours just trying to build my own town, and I haven't been back to the same file. And like a intense Minecraft. It's, it's pretty, yeah. Yeah. Some people consider them major time sucks, but as we see, some of this imagination really helps sometimes understand maybe history that already happened or mm. history that could possibly maybe happen, which is a little scary to yeah. think about in this particular case. Mm. I like to compare it to reading a book. If I'm playing Fallout, for example, I, I'm still going to be reading. But instead of sitting on a couch reading a book of, of a story, I'm creating my own story. I'm deciding. I'm, I'm doing a, uh, a pick your story. I'm choosing my pages. I like to think of it like that. And, you know, reading a book for 10 hours is terrible. And playing a video game for 10 hours is terrible. <laughs> yeah. But it could happen. If it's able to envelop you in the world and really get you involved, I think that it's fine. Pick you should yourself. really watch how long you're playing, of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't. And it seems like the storylines are kind of nice because you can pick up where you leave off. Yeah, like certain quest lines are pretty short, some are really long. You have a quest log, you can pick whatever you want to do at the time, and mm-hmm. DLCs, you, they'll, they'll always be there. And... It's kind of a nice nod to the developers and the, the publishers where, you know, you personally have put so many hours into it over a long period of time, mm-hmm. and yet you still love it. You're oh. still discovering things. You can still maybe try new things. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so many secrets, there's so much information to discover in these games that no matter how many times I play it, every time I start, I'm like, oh, look, a new location. Oh, look, a new, oh, what, what is this? Oh, is this a new weapon? I'm like, wow, like, this happened? I miss a terminal I didn't look into on my last game. And I'm like, oh, like, what's going on here? And it has, like, four logs about what happened in this store. Like, mm-hmm. And it's all these mini little story tidbits that really keep me coming back to the games where I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? Like, What kind of character do I want to the depth is insane in most of these games. I personally, I need to go back to Fallout 1 and 2 and give those a shot again. So when I started Fallout 3, it was, I was 12, and I thought that, oh, these graphics suck. And I went back to it a few years later, I was able to play through a little bit of it, and I'd, I'd forget about it again. And getting back to the story, I, I think I really like it, because I have missed. I feel like I've missed a lot. Some of the Fallout community always makes references to these things. I'm like, hmm, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you are part of the community and you're part of researching sort of the backstory is you're probably learning a lot of different things too. Oh yeah, and even just like regular history. <laughs> like yeah. When even when looking up uh, like what happened and how the Great War started, you get like oh, so after World War Two there was the Cold War, and then mm-hmm. the Cold War developed into this, and then that's how this, everything happened. Mm-hmm. Like okay, so instead of this, what happened here? Fallout took it in this path and diverged it this way. And 
I feel like I've grown smarter playing video games <laughs> as much as certain people don't think happens. But Yeah. We're storytellers. As humans, we love telling stories. Mm-hmm. And there's many, many podcasts that actually talk about these kinds of things, and they're super interesting. So all these stories, whether you're talking a song, a scaldic verse, uh, Shakespeare, and then we move into movies, you know, even photographs can tell a story. Yeah. And now video games. So as humans, we just, we love stories and all of this has led to the creation of video games. Yeah. And I can't imagine how many video games are going to be doing in the future, like with VR, Fallout 4 as a VR edition. I haven't even gotten into it yet. It'll take me a little while to get used to it. Can't imagine how video games be in the future. Everybody's, they're going to be developing stuff. Their graphics cards and the processors are going to be required to even just process these games are going to be gigantic. Yes. Or <laughs> quantum. Yeah. Yeah. Next way we get there. Well, there's also one little thing before I I let you go. So I always ask, what's a fun fact about you that you don't mind sharing? Yeah. So what was your fun fact? I thought it was quite interesting. So the fun fact that I put down was um, one of the members from LMFAO is one of of the bands that's really popular in North America. Well, it used to be. Then they split up a little while ago was Red Foo did a concert. He had his backup dancers and he did all this fantastic. Mm -hmm. Me and my friend bought VIP passes. And we ended up being able to go backstage after the show, and it was pretty quick, actually. So he was sitting there, and waving everybody down, he's saying hi, and he's still breathing heavy from his oh, he was sure. dancing on stage. And I'm like, wow, I've never seen a famous person. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, man, shake his hand. And I don't know why, but a gorgeous mane of hair. I asked him if I could touch it. <laughs> he's like, it's probably a bit sweaty, but like, sure. <laughs> Had a full hand of red fruit hair and, and a Sweaty nice picture with him and yep and uh, was his mane as nice as you thought? Oh, it was fantastic! It yeah. was it was unicorn. It was <laughs> probably one of the better experiences I've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for telling us all about the Fallout universe. I really knew nothing about Fallout. It's mm-hmm. not one of the games I've played. To really encompass the entirety of the Fallout lore, I definitely recommend. There's a series on YouTube full where he does about half hour videos. And he explained, this is the Brotherhood, this is the mm-hmm. Enclave, this is this. Well, I think it was a few dozen videos, and I've watched a good part of them. And you can just throw it on while you're whatever you're doing. And I appreciate all the time you took. I yeah, mean, no problem. this is really fun. <laughs> Thanks. See you next time, I guess. And actually, let's stick to fiction, since we're talking video games anyway. So the book recommendation today... I would say probably Hugh Howey's Wool. So it's dystopian and it's got the fallout feel of the book. So if you really enjoy the video game and you want to try a book that's similar, this would probably be it. And as usual, at the end of the episode, here we go. Don't forget to catch me on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can also visit the website for extras on each episode. You can also scroll and see the show notes to this show. And you can rate me on iTunes or your podcasting platform. Thank you to my husband, Jamie, and a plethora of kids, as well as our families, our friends, for all their encouragement in keeping me adventuring through history. Un grand merci.